When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cowboy hat on horses <laughs> and like failing, like in a silhouette riding off into the midnight. I would be it okay with it. And then the pirates would have to be driving the wagon. I'm not driving no damn wagon. That's all the rules. <laughs> all right, so anytime, so I guess like the, the whole shtick is that anytime somebody says midnight, I gotta act like I'm pissed off, right? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, like I, we were debating, Tyrus, there was a bit of discussion last week about changing our name to the Midnight Riders, and I know Kate sent us the link where it says the wise men, Tyrus, the Midnight Riders. So we, I think we, and we're all here, by the way, so we're in full force. I think we need to, to get on the same page, because Oh, because I just changed the name to Tyrus and the Dandelions. You, you want to... I like that. That's good. You want to debate it? Okay, I look good in yellow. We're weeds. No one weeds. looks good in yellow. And... Well, you heard it here first. All right, that's a double dog Tyrus. dare for me. Tyrus, <laughs> and the, Tyrus and the Dandelions. Yeah, sounds like a Western sounds like a soul Dallas. group that never really got off the ground. <laughs> so, right, so, what should our name be? Uh, you know, I went with the wise men, but Aaron continually says shit that contradicts that. So, you know, and there's been a lot of. A lot of letters and postcards coming in from Superstation TBS, the, the studio. And, uh, I mean, it's bags of mail. And I, I don't have the time or inclination to read through it. But the general gist is is that uh, Aaron is a fountain of misinformation. That's basically what the, the thing is. So the wise well, man just wasn't sticking. A, so You can always put a question mark behind the wise man. Yeah. Paris the wise, the wise man? Yeah, you know. Then I went with Midnight mm-hmm. Riders because it's it's cool, you know. And uh, what about the Jones Club? You, again, uh, Trevor's out, and <laughs> and to what? be fair, would I be because you wear a trucker hat in church. Um, I, I'm very comfortable in that. Hat. And as you should be, and you are a lot of things, good sir. But. <laughs> <clears throat> But, um, you know, then I thought about the term that I used to affectionately call, and we were all in this group uh, one time or the other. Uh, Jinder Mahal, myself, and Cody Rhodes had a name of a group called the Midnight Deckhands. Uh, We were the guys that would be thrown to the fire on house shows uh, or TV if you you needed a three-minute match. The Midnight Deckhands, Jinder Mahal was the king of it for a while. Uh, yeah, you know, and um, hey, I don't like semen. Jesus Christ! Right? No, deck yeah. I don't like. I don't like and, people and, in boats. 
Yeah. I don't like the, yeah. but I, I'm that, yeah. I, don't like that, that I, I vote no on that. Okay. And the crowd went, what? No, this no, is this is why we're that. not the wise men. It's <laughs> like that. It proves my point. So midnight deckhands it is. <clears throat> I, what? No. No, 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 no. No. All right, You're, midnight. We'll it. stick with Midnight Riders because that was Magnum TA and it was American Dream Dusty Rhodes and uh, yeah. the Midnight Riders. And that was the unofficial uh, name that I wish I could take back uh, when I tagged with um, uh, Adonis. Oh, or, yeah, it was the Midnight Rider and the Ingrate. This is oh. the name of that tag team should have been. Uh, <laughs> what the f was that? Hey, Notice, me. Midnight Notice me. Notice me. So, you know, but I, I crazy. Yeah. Like, they're weird, man. They have like, like where do they come from? Some people have weird mirrors in the house. Like their mirrors don't see what we see. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like And like just to always be such a you know, one of the one of the boys and yeah. so cool yeah. and friendly to everything backstage and like unnecessary pot shots. Like I didn't I, was, I didn't see where I that was, came from. Well, I mean, the, the spelling was correct, so I'm pretty sure it wasn't from him. But uh, mm -hmm. I was just like, ah, whatever. You know, it's like you don't know how well you're really doing in life until um, people throw shots that you helped. That's when you yeah. know you're doing good. Like, you know what I'm saying, fellas? Like, that's when you know. Like, someone that you went out of your way to to get stuff with because you believed in them, and maybe the office didn't quite see it or whatever. But um, and then they get it, and then they just you know they throw shots, and no no one needs to be pat on the back. We've all been in situations where we're like, hey, I want to work that guy, you know. I think we can, I think right. we can do something. That doesn't mean that you're responsible for their success and failure. You just you know, and uh, it's funny because today um, I had an interview with Ric Flair, and uh, I was asking him. I threw some curveballs at him in, in the sense like. I said, you always, you know, whenever they talk about your greatest rival, you know, the first names that pop out are like Dusty Rhodes or Ricky Steamboat. I said, but for me, and maybe I'm just out here, I felt like Macho Man Randy Savage was your greatest rival. I just feel like their feud in the in the WWE, WWF at the time was one of the greatest feuds of all time. I mean, I didn't care who you were, but Ric Flair talking trash to Elizabeth was – who you know what I'm saying like it was just one of the greatest you know and you had Mr. Perfect in there and uh, Bobby Heenan screaming and crying on the microphone it's not fair to flat like I just thought it was one of the greatest um feuds of all time and and uh then he just started laying them out you know and he talks about him and, and Harley Race and he talked about uh he went up and down the line he had like 15 guys I think that he's had career making matches feuds with you know like you're lucky if you get one you know you have that one rival that one guy that whenever you two got together it was just you know you just had it and he had like 15 of them and every one of them is a hall of famer first ballot no questions asked but did he have like a a one that like just stood out from no. the rest and he had the most humblest answer because you would think and he's there there were running out of them you know, like we have him, we have Steamboat. Who's left from that great era? We have Hogan, but I never thought Hogan and Flair was a good feud. I just it it didn't. Yeah, better left to the imagination. So. Yeah, it just wasn't. You know, but you know, whatever. But um, I'm sitting here and I was. You know, I mean, the, 
the rest, the real wrestler in that match was. Yeah, which is weird because when Hogan was in Japan, he was a great. He could wrestle all night long. I get it. He figured out a formula. It worked. It was great for TV. Yeah, you know, and and it also was allowing him to um, manage. You know, when he's only working eight minutes a night, and uh, you know, you can do that three hundred and you know sixty two days a yeah. year. But, yeah, don't fault him at all. No, no, it was. Like, but hey, we all bought it because we're all doing it. So, right. But uh, he just what Flair said just blew my mind. He was like, I was in the right guy at the right place at the right time. He didn't take any credit for like, oh yeah, I really did because you know I really did that and I really did this, you know, and I you know even he put Luger over, he put everybody over, and I asked him was Sting the most special one, you know, and he was just like, yeah, God, you know what, I can't answer that. So I was just watching him and Sting today doing cardio, and like the amount of times he got overhead press and flat backed in one match was wild. I'm like Flair, what are you doing? No, f- watch him and Luger too. The whole story right. is his back. Like the oh god, his, but mm-hmm. but like we he was. I, I think it was because he was one of the few guys that the promo matched the match, and what I mean by that is he would talk so much. Shit but he usually ended up right because he usually ended up with the title by any means necessary. But it would go into the match, and you would couldn't wait to see Luger get his hands on him, or you couldn't wait for Sting. But each guy was different. Sting was like he was a little afraid of Sting's level. Luger, he was jealous of Luger's looks. Like he always found something that made you a weakness in him. I guess that's the, I guess that's the lost art of the heel. Is the heel deep down is insecure, right? You know, so, but it was, I thought it was just cool that he couldn't, he didn't put himself over. And then I, and then I went on him a little bit, you know, because of that situation. And I said, I don't, we don't talk about like current wrestling much. Cause I think, well, for one, everybody and their mother talks about it. So there's really no point. Um, and, but, um, uh, the sting and him coming out with sting, I thought was, it was a really good tribute to sting. You know, I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. You know, and they're close friends out in real life and all that good stuff. But the internet attacked him, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> then he wrote like in a letter, like, maybe I shouldn't go out to the ring anymore. Maybe I shouldn't do these things. And like the over, the list of of who's who in wrestling who jumped on <clears throat> was like uh, it was like it was Nash, it was Dustin Rhodes, it was like everybody who's ever done anything, and, and even I jumped in and I was like, are you out of your? mind bro you forgot more than most guys will ever learn in a career like any locker room that you want to go into is going to be a better locker room when you walk out of it why would you listen to them you know and I was just like you know and so I kind of went in on him about it and he got a little hey, fired Flair up Flair and Tully's first interactions with each other was uh, when they formed the horsemen right well no you know what that's so Tully was already with J.J. Dillon so Tully was kind of the Ric Flair role, but he was like the United States mm-hmm. champion or the national champion. And then Flair at first, they were feuding a little bit, and Flair dissed him a uh, few that, times. That was my first, that was my question. So I, I, my next question, anyway. I, I didn't even realize whether they ever wrestled each other before. I, at, did, I didn't remember. Yeah, at one point, Flair was uh, was kind of baby-facing it up a little bit because he would come into territories, and when you come into a territory, you could literally be a babyface in Atlanta. And be a heel in Texas. I mean, the Freebirds. When they were in Atlanta, they were the baby faces. 
And when they were in Texas, they, you know, they booed him out of the, so it just depends where you were at, but. Um, Which is really crazy gimmick wise and character wise. You would think they would have been over in Texas. If it wasn't for the well, Von Erics. The Von Erics, yeah. And the fact yeah. that Michael Hayes knew how to piss people off. Oh, my and, God. And so did, I remember, uh, like, oh. still does. Yeah, no, hey, yeah. yeah. He's still wearing he was them one suits. Of the few guys that I was in awe of when I went to the back when I was with WWE because I remember as a kid him making me so angry and wanting to kick his ass. <clears throat> And then the fact that he now went from a Southern rock guy to somebody who looks, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with this show, but uh, it was a show <laughs> called Good Times, and he looks like Sweet Daddy. Um, it's just crazy. <laughs> okay, Those so. That don't know Mike Hayes, okay, I'm, he wears some interesting shoes. Okay, first he of all. He out a Good Times reference, Tyrus. No, 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 no. Here's what, because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure EC3 <laughs> will remember this, and I'm pretty sure EC3 was, was is not with me in the vicinity. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a hot minute. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. First of all, I love Michael Hayes, okay? Uh, And he can do no wrong in my eyes, but that's just because of how he treated me. So when I was in NXT... I think it was me, uh, EC3. We went to a karaoke bar. You remember this, E? Yeah. That was early, too. Yeah. Like, we, we had to get kilts on. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I do. Why, and, wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 no, don't slide over that one. Okay. Why, why do you have to okay. Do so here's the deal. EC3, Fandango, and myself sitting in a locker room next to a washing machine. It wasn't a locker room. Right. It was a hallway. It was, and yeah. basically, basically, for the number one company. Yeah, and basically, Jamie Noble walked by and said, "Nobody gives a fuck <laughs> what you guys are gonna do." So it's not we're getting you're gonna be on the internet, you're not gonna be on TV. And I was like, "Awesome, isn't that great?" Cool, yeah. And EC3 looked at me like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun." And then a light bulb went on E's head. And Johnny said, and they looked at me and they said, what if we just did it our way? Like, let's uh, have some fun. We're, none of us are making the main roster. So let's go out on our shields. Let's do our own thing. Like, I decided to be the heel. Uh, I would cheat and everything and we'd, we'd get together. Uh, there was that great moment with EC and Brian uh, Danielson where they – uh, they would say the most outrageous answers and Brian would have it written down. We did everything, you know, and then I even got uh, Matt Stryker in on it and he would give us Iggy's on answers so we could keep it going. Um, and so we ended up celebrating one night because after one thing, it got to the point where we're getting ready to go out and Jamie Noel walks up like, hey, what you some doing tonight? <laughs> We want to know what's going on oh. because we had. Oh, you care? Oh yeah, remember that? I was like, I was like, oh boss, we're just doing whatever, you know. He's like, ah, nah, 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 whatever, you know. I was like, no, no, it's cool. Uh, and um, we decided we went to, we went out to a bar, and we get to this bar. We're in San Antonio, and uh, we get to this bar, and oh, Riverwalk. <laughs> yes, yeah, Riverwalk. Yeah, <clears throat> we get in there, and uh, the. The uh, barkeep uh, was a huge wrestling fan, and uh, 
even knew like FCW stuff. And I was like, wow, yeah, this dude's pretty, he's legit. And so uh, they were like, yeah, this is a, you know, it's karaoke bar and this is a Scottish bar. And I was like, oh, I'm half Scottish. And they're like, what, wait, what? And I, but that's another story. And uh, well, I'm like, I'm black and Scottish. And then he like giggled and says, yeah, we don't do that. I'm like, well, you did it once. Um, <laughs> and uh, the manager came out and offered his kilts. Made it count. Yeah. So we put the kilts on and um, or I think it was, you know what it was? It was like a couple bar. It was a couple people at the bar that bought us kilts. They were fans or whatever. Yeah. We yeah. almost had to like kind of work into the kilts. They yeah. It wasn't a gift right away. Like no. something happened. That yeah. I believe I, if I remember right now, somebody bought the kilts for us because they were like a hundred bucks and we weren't, that was not in our budget at the time. Please tell me there's photos. There's no, no, no. Photos. I'm the king of you. Aaron will tell you, you don't take photos when we're having fun. There's I don't no allow it. No, there's not. One no. I don't have one picture of me and uh, Cyrus yep. when we're not fighting each other. Yeah. Like, yep. I just don't do pictures. Don't yep. do them. Yep. Live in the 100%. moment. No witnesses. Bingo. Um, but there had to be somebody saw this. No, they were in awe of what was going on because we sung karaoke. And, and then literally in the back shadow, in a shadow in a dark bar, which is hard to get an extra shadow, sitting there sipping on some scissor is Michael Hayes. And my first response was, no, nah, we're in trouble. And he gets up, and he's like, hey, Gordy, come here. I assume that meant me. <laughs> bam, bam, I want to sing. And I was like, you got it, boss. Well, the, the karaoke line was unbelievably long, but it's Michael P.S. fucking Hayes. So I go yeah. up to the uh, bar, and I was like, hey, you're in for a treat. He did not sing one song. He did not need any karaoke songs. He just basically broke out and had a concert. He sung like five. He shut the place down. Acapella? He had music playing, but you all you heard was him. You know, and uh, people were upset, but he had this 6'8 mohawk monster in a kilt standing on the st standing next to the stage so nobody yep. said nothing right and then i helped him get to the walking back to the hotel because he had a good time he's tired whatever and uh get him back to the hotel and i and believe he helped me the two of us walked him got him to his room and he stops Dude, room i thought we were yeah i thought we were so over at this like, oh yeah oh, we, we thought we were just we're all over. gonna be on yeah we're yeah. all we'll be champs tomorrow and uh <clears throat> He gets to the door and as the what was the door, he turns and looks at me. He's like, "Look, you've always reminded me of Bam Bam, and I'll do everything I can for you, but there's only so much I can do." So, good night. And he closed the door, and I thought, "There's only so much he can do." I'm fucked. like, "What I do?" Like he, literally, <laughs> it was not like whenever you need me, just call. It was like, "I've done all I can for you." You're fucked. <laughs> Sleep well tonight. <laughs> Dream of large women. You know, I remember E and I, we were walking back, and it was the quietest walk ever. It should have been high fives. We hung out with Michael Hayes, and instead, it was, I think E quiet was saying, well, he said you. He didn't say me. And I was just like. Uh, he's going to do nothing for me? or Yeah, or I'm really just, I'm not over at all. So. Yeah. 
And the other thing, because this is why I was getting offended, I had to tell a fun story about Michael Hayes before I go into that good time shit that Aaron pulled. Um, <laughs> SummerSlam, I come around the corner backstage, and me and Michael Hayes have the same pinstripe suit on. You remember that? Oh, we had the same pimp suit on. Yep. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I was yep. like, he's like, I like your style. I said, I knew I liked you. And then I was like, yep. and then uh, Aaron walked by, and I said, you say one word. I'm I'm a swing on you. I'm going to punch you in the First face. First time we're talking about it since then. Yeah, but it happened. Yeah, I can guarantee you it happened. I was there, and I thought, and he's right. All I heard was Aaron's that annoying laugh. Aaron has the most annoying laugh. Ha 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 ha! That's all I was hearing, and, and I was like, "You tell Santino it's on." Well, it, it's on. It wasn't as bad as the Mr. T speech. No, no, Mr. T was the worst speech ever. That, but I, I publicly. <laughs> I, he was talking about his mother for so long, and he was just going on and on. I just sent Aaron a text, and I'm like, on behalf of Black America, I'd just like to apologize. No, because remember, we, we were sitting like you were in the second tier, and I was like I the was, back of the— I was so unfired, fired at that point that I was sitting behind fans. <laughs> like they like, had me sitting behind fans. So I wasn't even sitting with the other wrestlers. Like Aaron's looking over his shoulder, like, hey, how are you? And I was like, I just looked at him, like, I'm sorry. It's on that's my bad. Like and uh it, you know, it was a really but long he speech. Went on, it was like forty minutes. Yeah, right? it was like legitimately. There was chapters, yeah. there was a small intermission. Uh it was <laughs> it was yeah, long. Like, you know, and I remember Scott Hall came out and his was like three minutes and it was just money. You know, but best Hall of Fame speech ever. Yeah, and if anyone could have gone over, it could have been him. But uh, yeah, but, and, and T got it in. He he got it in. Like he uh, he he really got it in. But um, so you know, he but I heard he was he was going to be on the internet. He I don't know. Maybe he thought there was going to be a Rocky Seven because <laughs> we never really found out what happened to Clubber. You're right. And E, you were a walking embodiment of Sylvester <laughs> Stallone. Do you have any ends on what happened to? Clubber Lane, like um, you know, like Apollo came back, the Russian came back, Lang never came back. As far as yeah, as far as like supplemental material, where did Lang go after uh, the Rocky Three fight? Um, a big mystery. My uh, father Sylvester did not inform me of where that direction was going, but I can assume that uh, he was doing like bar. Yeah, because he he should have done he should have got a rematch, right? He won the first one in three rounds. He lost the other one in what five, six, seven, or eight? At least I ain't breathing hard. Um, and I'm pretty sure Stallone would have failed the drug test afterwards. He should have got a he should have got a rematch. <laughs> yeah, he would have. Well, one logical conclusion. Then I mean, like we we need to just through deduction. Okay, hold reasoning. on, hold on. Before you say what I think you're gonna say, Jeezy. Do you have anything to weigh on this before Aaron completely pisses everybody off? <laughs> no, you got it. I want to hear what he got to say. Yeah, so do I, Aaron. <laughs> now, again, thank you for jumping to conclusions once again. Uh-huh. I don't feel attacked or singled out on this show. No. But Clubber Lang, after suffering defeat, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Now, you think about this, right? It's like... Rocky, he wins, he gets his title back. Clever Lang, after suffering defeat, ultimately realizes the error of his ways. We can uh, see this because he actually congratulated Stallone, like, you're all right, joke, or something like that. I'm sorry, and, how um, did he say it again? Jeezy, are you hearing this? No, that's a that's a beautiful uh, Mr. T impersonation. Please do it again. That was great. 
we got to go visual. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I mean, ah, mm. Mm. <laughs> but oh, not, I mean, like, I wish we had in studio. I pity, pity the fool. Right. Oh, is that yours well, too, Trevor? Wow. This but, is wow. But let no, me, like, yeah. I, the right. action figure when I was a kid, you pull the string and he would talk. I remember that. Uh-huh. Um, I like to. Pull, but, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, what, what I'm saying is, I, after suffering defeat, when he he, he congratulated Stallone, because he's a sportsman. In my opinion, yeah, Clubber Lang found God and became a preacher, and is now helping several people throughout the world, building wells in communities that need it, and preaching the good news. That is what I truly feel Clubber Lang is doing because, look, he's a very when he goes in, he's all in. You know, as he's that that type of personality, which is statistically proven that uh, people with personalities like that are more predisposed to, um, you know, being more involved with uh, spirituality, religion, and things like that. So there uh-huh. you go. That's how Clubber Lang ended up. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I I'm calling bullshit on that one. Um, I don't understand. Every time Rocky lost, he got a rematch. Sure. Clubber Lang didn't want one because he found God. You're he, saying he that up. Stallone beat him so bad that he found Jesus. <laughs> no. And I'm never saying... boxed again. As hard as he trained, he just got out of his apartment. You're listening to the three wise men, and we'll be right back after this. So remember his speech when he was talking work. trash, where he's like, hey, woman. Hey, woman, you look. I bet you're alone at night. Why don't you come bring your pretty little self to my apartment? You're the number one contender for the heavyweight boxing championship of the world, and you're still living in a damn apartment. So, obviously, he didn't need the money because he was very frugal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 never, li- I never got that. I was like, apartment? Why is he living it in an apartment? It's a very nice apartment. You know what I mean? And uh, or maybe he stayed in the neighborhood to, uh, you know, to keep it real. Like Rocky had to go back, right? You know what I'm saying? Apollo had to take him to the neighborhood and, and get reacquainted. Yeah, but let's be clear, Rock, Rocky got the fuck out once he made money. <laughs> yeah, of co- no doubt. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, One okay. of my favorite lines from the Rocky movie. Robot. Yeah, for Apollo. Oh yes, yeah. But uh, Burt Young, R.I.P. I, I think he was one of my favorite characters in any of the Rocky series. Oh, Burgess Meredith? Yeah. This guy will kill you, you to death. Yeah. You ain't going to oh, do yeah. it, Rocky. You ain't going to do it. I love when oh, he tells him to you. stay down. <laughs> stay down. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that? E, you're wrestling and your manager's like, stay down. Stay down. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It sucks. <laughs> You jump in the corner with Jeezy, and Jeezy's like, oh, man, this, hey, hey, just tap, bro. I'm not in a hole. Trust me. Tap. <laughs> Yo, I can't believe be, uh, I walked down for this shit. <laughs> whenever the next Creed come out, should there be the son of Clubber Lang in it? I, I got to be honest. I am not. No? I hate I hate to say it, but uh, maybe I'm alone. I'm not a fan of the Creed series. At all? For I- real? I, I watched the first one. I, I liked the first one. I just, I don't know what, and, and. Michael some, B. Jordan mails it in, I think. 
Yeah. I don't think he's good at real. Yeah. uh, Oh man. Here's the, here's the, here's the reason why, and I'm not throwing shade on, on Michael B. Jordan, but he does have a point on some of those performances, but it's something about the fight scenes. They just never quite recaptured the emotion of the Rocky fights. Like, I don't know if it was just Paulo Creed's athleticism or Rocky's willingness to take a real hit or the score, but something about their boxing matches has never been duplicated. It's just, I don't know if it's the lighting or what it is, but nothing about their stuff felt fake until the third match or the second match of Rocky Three. That shit got weird. Clubber Lane hit him 147 times in the face, and he was like, come on, you hit so hard. And I was like, what? Like, what? So, but before that, if you look at Rocky 1 and 2, 3 was for fun, plus we got Hulkamania out of it. But, and Clubber Lane, who we all ended up getting Mr. T and the A-Team and really not-so-nutritious cereal. But um, 1 and 2, you you've seen them a million times. And if you're flipping through the channels and you see it, you stop, right? Easily. There's nowhere else to go. Right? Yep. And I think that's – I don't. no one's recaptured that magic. Something about those fights, the Rockies bleeding or the story or the fact that they that he was a bum, you know what I'm saying? He was a guy who had potential. And it's based off one of the greatest underdog fights ever, Um it was Muhammad Ali against the ball. It was just originally Rocky's Jung, story. Jung, uh, J- well, uh, well, yeah, I know the, the fight you're talking about. There's just some things that shouldn't be remade. Yeah, it just Everything can't. Well, it just can't recapture it. And I really think it's because Stallone and Creed said, "Let's fight." Yep. Well, yeah. and also the the way the world was back then, you could believe what was going on between those two guys. You know what I mean? It it really really brought you in. <laughs> Uh, something you could see happen in real life, whereas something like that now, like people would, they would, they shake their heads at it and not believe that 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 would happen. Plus, a Creed looked like a natural god. He didn't look gassed out. Yep. He looked like a natural. He looked Athlete. the part. Yeah. He looked the part. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And Rocky was wasn't fat, but he wasn't shredded either. He was a guy yeah. who was literally. Getting by, he was just brute, brute force. There wasn't much to him, but he had heart. So I think the the disconnect for me is like with Creed, everybody shredded. You know yep. what I'm saying? And then the hits look just, you know, and there's too much fake trash talking. Guys don't talk that much trash, you know, when they're throwing punches and getting beat up. And it just seemed yeah. like it just seemed like he didn't have enough flaws to be a, a kid who grew up with missing the father he never knew. I just like Ooh, right there. Like he Rocky was an underdog. He, remember when he was in there talking to Adrian in the in the pet store and yeah. oh, I don't know. Like there he was an underdog from the start. Whereas when you look at Creed, like you said, all cut up and everything else, he doesn't feel like the underdog to a certain extent. No, and again, yeah. you can't be mad at B. Jordan for I being in that. great shape. I see yeah. That. But the thing is, like, he should have had – no one is ever willing to go there when you – there's something about growing up without a dad that there'll be – and I, like I said, and you – I remember moments of fear 
Like just uh, you wouldn't have the same comfort as the guy who was getting beat. He'd look to his dad in the stands and his dad would give him the nod and he would be like, okay, I got this. When you're getting beat and you didn't have that and when you look to the stands and no one looked back, then you then then you get to the the thing where you start trying to make excuses. You know what I'm saying? It's like a real thing you see with a lot of men who grew up without the dad but have that void. No coach filled it. Their mom didn't fill it. Like they just didn't have that no one filled no one filled it. So when they get the backs against the wall, you see them break down and fall apart. We never saw that. You know, it was never like, you know, if he would have been like, he tried to have been boxing for years and he was like one in 10 because he was just trying to fall, but he didn't have the start heart for the stomach or something to make us fall. But we just, Rocky was like, he was, you just kind of like, you could relate to him in some way or another. And there's just, I didn't feel there Especially was much the relatability. Yeah. But in any world, mm-hmm. but anybody who's trying to come up and can't, and it's a chance of yeah. a lifetime and you see this guy who's eating raw eggs and running in dirty sweats and no one's taking him seriously. I think the best part of the movie for me is when he showed up to the arena the night before and they had his trunks and robes wrong on the poster. (laughs) Yeah. I felt that we've all felt that. Like I go through that even now where I'll be like, there'll be like former wrestler uh, and gut felt panelists. And I'm like, yo Fox, I'm a Fox news contributor. I'm the co-host or I'm this, but they're like, you know, just remembering the job title that I earned, that bugs me. Like, I've earned that. And when it, when they throw that, I look at it as a sly when they say, oh, yeah, 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 you're just, you know, you're tired, you're cool, whatever. But, like, you, I felt that when I saw that as a kid. Like, man, that sucks because we've all been there. You're like, that's not how you spell my name. You know, oh, it doesn't matter. You're going to get beat anyways. Like, doesn't matter. You know, like, yeah, it matters to me. So I think that was the – that's just the – to me, that was just the connect. But, I mean, it's a franchise, so they don't need me to give the thumbs up or thumbs down for it. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, there'll be a Creed 7, 8, like and, – and good for them. Like, good – I have no issue with somebody making money. Just – you just can't reproduce those boxing movies. And I, I don't know why. I have no – I don't get it. We've – he and I did a movie together. We are in a fight scene, and we were like, hey, let's hit each other. And it just looks better on film. You know, y'all didn't even none of y'all liked uh, Creed three at all. I didn't get to it. The third one. All right, the third one is good. Uh, no? The montages <laughs> are good. That that third the, the that last fight in the main event of uh, Creed three with the Bizarro time warp. I mean, yeah, it was interesting, yeah, yeah, but I didn't buy it. And like I say, like I, I Michael Jordan, he looks the part. He comes in strong. I just think he mails in his acting. And I remember watching um, the Marvel movie where everyone said Killmonger's this great villain, and I couldn't wait to go see Black Panther. And I watched it, and I'm like, it's, it was lame. I thought yeah. he was just lame. He was just like, he's a mediocre actor. Hi, he's auntie. Probably better than me. Yeah, hi, but auntie. Jonathan, Ma- John- Jonathan yeah. Majors was a beast in Creed Three, though. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, and and Jonathan Majors is going through some shit right now. So, but um, yeah, he um, he always even in the um, Ant Man and the Wasp or whatever, he made that because if it wasn't for that, that shit was laughable. 
but he was such a good like his character was his acting is on it. He is a great actor. You know, I hope he gets his off the field shit together. But um yeah. you know, um and it's well, unfortunate. Guy, he got he got he got chased through through a whole New York City, man. You saw the video? Uh-uh. No. I here's the I always like I said, I'm this crazy proponent of I'll wait. If a person's accused of something, I'll wait till I hear what the judge has to say. Um I, I don't I, I I feel like everyone has an opinion on shit no one like every and oh, even when the oh everyone always wants to and you know yeah. what if he did it, then he did it, so be it, and that's what the courts are for, and then he'll take his consequences and he'll serve his time. But I also believe in redemption. And a person should be allowed to seek redemption. You know, that's we we all make mistakes, we all do dumb shit. And when you get accused of something you didn't do, it sucks too. But um you gotta allow for redemption. And especially uh, when in this day and age, the, the, the good thing is, I mean, and it's a weird thing to say, but because he's an, an actor and because he's considered left leaning, the woke won't come for him. Now, had he been a, a voting Republican conservative and this happened, this dude, you think he was on the news now? Like you, you wouldn't it would never yeah. it'd be never ending. So that's the, the one thing that is a little concerning. But um, I don't really don't want to get into his part. I don't. I, I've watched right. it. You know, I was supposed to do a story on it, uh, and I didn't want to. I said I just felt like talking about uh, speculation on somebody's life um, because domestic violence charge is a serious deal, and uh, like I'll let the courts sort it out. I don't think they need uh, the world needs my two cents on it. You know, so I, I refused to do the story because I just said you know let, let's let the courts talk. I don't, you know, uh, you want to talk about juicy small a? I'm all with it, but. <laughs> well, bro, we just need to mind our own business sometimes, man. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, let the let the courts do their deal. Yeah. Don't try somebody on X or Instagram or Facebook, and you know, just remember one. You point one finger, three coming back at you. But to get back to the, but it also when you look at and it's the same thing with wrestling today. I hate to say it, when we watch the older stuff, you still get the emotional caught up in it. You know, even though you know, as E pointed out. You're getting four body presses with Flair and Sting, Flair and Luger, Flair and Hoger, Hogan, and you're, you know what? Every time it happens and he screams, oh, God, and the crowd's cheering, you're literally, you're not changing the damn channel. And today, it's just, you're you're watching moves. You're watching moves, and you're like, oh, what's the next move? What's the next move? And we're all, we're all, we're all critical, you know, and, and I... One of the things that I like to do when I work is go against the the grain. I ref, you know I'm not gonna bury somebody, but uh, you know was it Moxley and the the kid out of uh, the Bullet Club guy um, in AW? I flipping through the channels and they were having their hey, match. Hey, wait, was it? Yeah, and uh, they had seven thousand counters. You know, and every counter is a DDT. And I, I Moxley's one of my I, I enjoy watching Moxley work. And, uh, you know, Moxie fired up at one point after that. And, and I was like, I buy that, okay? Because we've seen Luger do that, right? You get hit with something and you just blow, you go all out of into it. But what he did was genius is that he did everything he could to come out of it, and which ultimately led him to losing. So the psychology was great. Like he, he blew his wad, absorbing the blow, and went for his miss. The other guy hit it and he lost. And I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I, I like that. But when a guy fires up and takes three power bombs and kicks out at one, and then the other guy hits his three and he kicks out at one, and then it's a roll up, I'm like, wow, that's. I think we'd have been better just right. seeing one good one, you know. 
But well, and the other thing that kind of waters that down is other matches are doing stuff similar to that. that yeah, be doing that's that. that's what's crazy. And I'm yeah. and I'll watch go back and watch Starcade of Luger's pressing. No one else's. Maybe Road nope. Warriors. You might see it in a different way, but uh, but that was their gimmick. So it's a yeah. little you know animals does it, and but that's it's over. Flair does it, but he always manages to take the bump right by the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. or he rolls out to the floor. He never he puts himself where he can put the guy's stuff over like it's the ending of the world. And I think protecting everything. You know, right? that, like yeah. they protected each other. And I think that's the, the guys are just trying to out power move each other. But then you look at the crowd too. The crowd, man, I was looking, and again, I'm not throwing shade, but the one thing I enjoyed about the, the WWE is when I looked at the crowd, I saw families. I saw kids. Usually, and when I was healing, uh, when I was with Alberto, uh, when I was and healing on superstars, <laughs> them kids would give me some of the dirtiest looks known to man and staring back at him and making a little kid cry and shit. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Aaron will tell you. Like, I, that was yeah, my they thing. They got some foul mouths on them, too, though. Yeah, right? yeah they do. They do. Yes, answer. they do. Yes, they do. Jeezy knows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ethan Carter the third knows. My God. My God. They would sit and line up, and it was the part that would crack me up. This is how over EC3 was during that impact run, is they would all dress up to look like him and have, like, EC3 for president buttons just to scream at him. So they would want him to think that they're there to see him. But then when you get closer, they were really Jeff Hardy fans the whole time. So, yeah, like, but they were going out of their way because one guy who would always show up in the black suit with an EC3 button and he would be in the (laughs) same corner every time we'd come out. And he would do, and at that time, I did this thing where I wouldn't acknowledge anybody, I would just burn a hole through everybody, I just mean mug everybody. Because there was no reason for me to talk because EC3 was the loudmouth. And so I just was the heater. I wasn't like, hey, man, I really need to get my talking in because you know I'm good on the mic. But the role for where we were trying to go, whenever I spoke, when the time comes, it will matter. But I did most of my speaking with the, the – I call it the SEAL club where I picked the guy up and bang him out of the air. But that's all that you needed. And, guys, you know, I didn't have to get my shit in too. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but there was one guy who would always sit on the corner in his little suit waiting for EC3, and it got, and EC would acknowledge him. So mm-hmm. there you go. All of a sudden, everyone started dressing like that. So they, he'd turn up and be like, I hate you. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so they dressed up just for that. But that's when you got them. They're emotionally connected to you. And so I think I think that's the biggest at least that's the biggest thing I see missing. And that's the one thing that makes me laugh now when guys are like, Oh man, they hate you on the internet. I'm a heel, I'm doing my job. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny about this whole conversation, right? Like we we kind of segued into this conversation via a Rocky one and how we were all talking about the films and how the different, you know, Michael B. Jordan's great, but there just wasn't maybe that necessarily um there's no you know, psychology real, in, real in, the, in the Creed right? three. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and so it's, it's like this: if you take a movie and you give me all the action scenes, like let's take the last Avengers movie, right? And and all it is is the the explosions, the fights, and nothing else. Okay, now and you play that. Is that going to have the same impact as it would 
if you knew the characters, right? And and that's nope, nope, nope. That is what like, and and even let's go back to the beginning of the conversation, right? Well, about Randy Savage and um, Ric Flair, to where this is, you know, I'm tying it all in. That was characters you knew, then and as individuals, they knew how to work. But if you think about this, it was two top level performers given the ability to do what they do with WWF production. Right. It doesn't get any better than that. And, and that's why, like, of course you're going to have that result. And that's why, you know, with the Rocky movies, yeah, Rocky was a little more real. You know, he had, uh, you know, his Burt Young, RIP again. I mean, love that guy. Everyone has a poly. You know, and, and, right. and these are characters that I think sometimes in, in movies that a lot of times writers, producers, they're just afraid to have these kind of characters because, you know what, maybe they're just a little too real. And, and maybe they'll realize, like, hey, we all do have kind of similarities instead of trying to present, like, what we feel the ideal human being is, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, if that makes sense. No, that's a great point. I didn't realize that. But, yeah, there is no poly Very character smart. in Creed. There's yeah. no, there's no like, and he should have a lot of people who took advantage of him around him, given that where he was trying to go, you know, or even the relationship yeah. wasn't what it was supposed There has to be something else, you know, because Polly wanted, Polly had a job, but he wanted to be, he wanted to be known like Rocky was known. And even though Rocky was known for the wrong reasons and then Polly got success. And when Rocky got successful, who was his biggest hater? Polly, you know? And, yeah. But he know. still accepted that check, though, didn't he? Well, because Rocky finally called him out. He's like, you know, you got a big mouth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the greatest line, in my opinion, yeah. on, on Rocky 3, and it just because it, it, it sums up. I mean, it, it's Archie Bunker levels when they go to Apollo's gym. And you, yeah. you know what, what I'm talking about? Yeah, Polly says, and I he, don't like these people. And Rocky says, hey, yep. maybe don't like you either. And why? Whatever I do to them. And that's like, that's perfect. It's awesome. It's great because that's exactly how it is. Somebody yeah. will sit there and be a complete, say some complete off the wall shit about people they don't even know. And then someone throws it back at him and they're offended. That is absolutely the best way to end whatever the hell this podcast turned out to be today. Uh, we talked <laughs> and we're all going to have beef with, with, B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yep. Yeah, you know, and it's... I like, like, I just want him to be better. Yeah. I do like it. I think I'm sure he's got a great punk. personality. Yeah, he obviously works hard and believes the rules. I'm just like, we're over, overrated. He's become, yeah. you know what he is? He's becoming, he's like a Clint Eastwood where Clint Eastwood's just Clint Eastwood in every movie. John Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you could have John yeah, Wayne. Yeah, John Wayne is going to be John Wayne. And the, let's be honest, The Rock a little bit. Like, The Rock is The Rock in yeah. every movie. I don't care what wig you put on him or what car you have him drive. He's just going to be The Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no there's no meeting of character development. I mean, Black Adam, Rock and a Cape. You know what I'm saying? Rampage, <laughs> Rampage, Rock and a Gorilla. So, I mean, yeah. it's just like he's just – but he if you can be that, because John Wayne didn't, uh, his he didn't even change his outfits for movies. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wore the same shit. That's right. Yeah. No one Why said nothing it? to him. Faded red bandana. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, 
I guess we're going to go. And, like, no one's going to say, hey, man, you wore that cowboy hat. And the other one, oh, well, I'll turn it around, Pilgrim. Like, they just never – he was John Wayne. You went to see John Wayne, who just happened to be in a movie. And two of his movies are the exact same movie. Except one, he gets shot in the arm, and one, he doesn't. But it's the same movie. And El Dorado, you know, and a guy's Colorado, but he's from St. Louis. And the guy's name's Tex, and he's from Oklahoma. So I mean, it's but I I love John Wayne movies. Like they're they're just it's it's a it's a fun little ride. And they were dripped in rape, especially the older ones, like the one where he had to kill his niece because she left with an Indian. Like she's got to go, not like bring her home, give her a talking to, or you know, straight up. Nope, she's got to go. <laughs> like I'm gonna search all over hell to find her. Cause we got to put her down, you know, and uh, luckily he's, he saw the light, but try selling that movie now. Hey, I got a great idea, guys. <laughs> what yeah, is it? What is well, it? Uh, yeah. Me and Jeezy, we're putting together this production where uh, our kid's sister runs off with Aaron. So uh, we got to go Why find her. Go there, man. Come on. We, we got to go find her and kill her. Come on. <laughs> really? You know, aren't we out of time for the week? Really yeah, we are out of time. Well, we out of time, but yeah. I, 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 I might be able to sell that one. I might be able to sell that one. You know. Well, who would we get to play me? Oh, you, and you're doing your own stunts. <laughs> <laughs> I do them in real life anyway. Yeah. All right, fellas. Uh, if anything, this has been therapeutic for us. Uh, welcome back to the NWA World Champion uh, EC3. Um, yep, yep. Trevor and I are not bitter. Um, not at all. Nope. Not at all. And uh, although Trevor should be tag team champion right now, thanks to Aaron, again, not bitter. And uh, oh, I got some confirmation. All roads leading to 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 that possible direction. So right, yeah. be prepared. Yeah. No. 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 And Jeezy, no. I'm so excited and happy. It's official. You're going to be back in the sport that you loved. You kicked cancer's ass, and I couldn't be happier for you. So, um, yep. you know. Thank you. Thank yep. you. And I guess uh, we'll hear this, and we'll be getting ready for Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone. That's right. We all said it. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yep, to everyone out there. And um for more podcasts like this, just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. This has been Tyrus and the Midnight Riders. Till next time. Enough said. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.